1 Samuel uh, chapter 10. I'm excited tonight. I'm excited to get to the end of the service. So I don't want to keep, keep you long. I don't have much to say tonight, believe it or not. Uh, but I believe God wants to do something powerful. Uh, so I want to hurry up and shut up. <laughs> so I want to get to the end of the service. Uh, but if you have a Bible, I want you to turn to the book of 1 Samuel chapter 10, verse 5. The title of my message is What Now? What Now? And uh, before I read the scripture, you know, I just, uh, my wife swore and she made me swear to her that I would not call her up. <laughs> Uh, even though she's been preparing a special song. Who wants to hear my wife sing? <laughs> but we don't have time, babe, so I can't call you up. <laughs> Hopefully soon one day, amen? Talk to her after the service. But I just want to acknowledge her. She's a great woman. I don't acknowledge her uh, as much as I should. Uh, beautiful, beautiful woman. Ever since she proposed to me in 2006, uh, it's been an awesome ride, babe. <laughs> Nah. But I want to acknowledge her. She's a good woman, a great woman. Uh, she's been behind me the entire time uh, through thick and thin. Uh, when I was thin and now I am thick. <laughs> I'm just kidding. First Samuel 10.5. What now? Tell the person next to you, what now? 10.5. <laughs> you there? After that, you will go to Gibeah of God where there is a Philistine outpost. As you approach the town, you will meet a procession of prophets coming down from the high place with lyres, tambourines, pipes, harps being played before them. And they will be prophesying. The spirit of the Lord will come upon you in power. Somebody say power. And you will prophesy with them. And you will be changed into a different person. Once these signs are fulfilled, do whatever your hands find to do, for God is with you. Skip down to verse 9. It says, And Saul turned to leave Samuel. God changed Saul's heart. And these signs were fulfilled that day. When he and his servants arrived, a procession of prophets met him. The Spirit of God came upon him in power. Somebody say power. He joined them prophesying. And when all those who had formerly known him saw him prophesying with the prophets, they asked each other, What is this that has happened to him? The son of Kish. Also, is Saul also among the prophets? Bow your heads with me. Father, I ask that you would just have your way today. God, remove me and just, I pray that you would just meet the people, God, that came to this place in the way you've met me all week, God. I pray that you would just move, that you would break chains, and that your spirit would show up, God. Let none of us leave the same. We love you and praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Procession of prophets. Now, I don't know if you've ever heard about this, but uh, this is an interesting story to me. Um, you know, it, and it's an interesting story that I read many years ago. Um, you know, and, and it really didn't come alive to me until an experience I had, which I'll tell you very shortly. But, you know, we've been in a, in a season of radical change, haven't we? I mean, we've been in a season, we've been having marches, right? We've been having a, a church on the lake, movies in the park, all kinds of crazy stuff, right? It's been a radical season. And have you ever asked yourself, how do I take that experience or that presence of God that I felt at that place, how do I take that to my house? Have you ever asked that question? I have. And, you know, some of you have had a life-changing year. This year has been a new year where, where God has done something new in your life. God has maybe got you right this year, right? Some of you got baptized. 
And the question that you may be asking even today is what's what now? What's next? How do I continue from this point on? And today, I believe that that question will be answered for you. And so this story we see here, it's an awesome story. It's an amazing story. Uh, and I want to bring it to life to you. But let me, let me, you know, explain a little bit about this procession of prophets. Because I had never heard of the thing, you know, or, or some of the versions say a company of prophets. Well, I'm going to share a story with you. You know, I was working not too long ago, maybe about six months ago, at the Kaiser in Oakland over here in downtown. And uh, to get there every day, I would bart in, and there was a shuttle that would go back and forth to the building. And so I would go, you know, do my eight hours, and after that, I would take the shuttle, about an eight-minute ride to the BART station. And I went. It was a normal day. You know, I had just got out of work. I was very tired. I was not thinking about worshiping God. <laughs> I didn't come out of there excited about God, and I waited for the shuttle. And here this shuttle pulls up, and all of a sudden, I get on this shuttle, and there's three elderly, I don't want to say elderly, older ladies, uh, maybe in their 70s, 60s, uh, and I get on there. And all of a sudden, as soon as I get on this, this uh, shuttle, one of them starts literally yelling out, praise Jesus. I said, whoa, <laughs> right? I said, what's going on here? And the other one's, oh, Jesus, I love you. And like all of a sudden, I said, whoa, something's going on here. I walked into something. And one by one, each of these women, there was about four women and they started worshiping God. And then they, one of them turns around to me and says, young man, we don't mean to interrupt your day. They didn't know. I didn't walk in and say, I'm a Christian. They said, young man, we don't mean to interrupt your day. We just want to let you know that Jesus is on our mind today. And all of a sudden, they start worshiping God. And God, I love you. And I want to tell you, young man, that God's awesome. And I'm just sitting like, whoa, what did I walk into? You know, I just got off work. Then all of a sudden, the same power. You ever been to an altar call and the power of God's there? I mean, we're on this shuttle. It's like 3.40 in the afternoon, and the power of God comes on this shuttle. And I'm starting, whoa, you know, I'm, 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 my eyes are starting to tear up. I'm like, man, what is going on here, God? And all of a sudden, in that eight-minute ride, the Spirit of God came upon us. And, I, you know, I walked out of there, you know, not knowing. I mean, my life had been flipped upside down. I walked out of there like, what just happened right now? In the spirit of God, the whole ride home on the BART was telling me, Eric, I want to teach you something. I want to teach you something about my presence. I want to teach you something about my power that you're going to have to find out like them ladies did. You're going to have to learn how to worship me in power. You're going to feel my spirit. This story of the procession of prophets is an interesting one because during this time, just to give you a quick background, during this time, uh, you know, Israel, the, the nation of Israel didn't have a king. You know, and God had God was basically their king. God had taken them out of Egypt, right? We know the story, part of the part of the sea, taken them into the prophet, promised land, and God was their king. God would speak to his people through prophets. Samuel was one of the one of those prophets. So it's easy to say, I guess you say, that prophets had some say so. They were the voice of God at that time. And so, you know, Samuel, you know, he was a man who who foreseen the future. Uh and he knew that there was other men, you know, his days were numbered on earth. And so during that time, you know, he knew that there was other men that were feeling the call of God. They were feeling called to the ministry, called to, to being prophets like him. So he created what was known as a school of prophets. It was, a, it was the first discipleship home, if you will. 
And what he did is he grabbed these group of guys that wanted to be prophets, and they went into a discipleship with them to like a little mini school. And so what they would learn, they would learn two things in that school. They would learn the law, which Moses gave, which at that time was like the Bible. That was like our, you know, our word today. That was the Bible at that time. And so they would go into this school, and they would learn the law. They would learn the Bible. They would learn Scripture, and they would learn what Moses had put out. And the second thing they would learn is they would learn how to bring and invoke the Spirit of God through worship. They would learn how to use instruments. They would learn how to sing psalms. They would learn how to sing, you know, praises to God. Because remember, these guys were in training to be prophets. So they needed to know how to bring the presence of God into a place and how to get a hold of them. So this is what was going on. They had this little school of prophets that was going on. And the Bible says, right, that this is the first time we actually zoom in and see who these people are. We don't know much about them. But we know these guys were involved in ministry. They were involved, you know, in worship. Now, the Bible doesn't say that they were musicians. Hear me now. The Bible doesn't say that these guys were, were, were AJs of their time, right? It doesn't say that they knew five instruments, right? The Bible says that they were taught how to worship. So I could imagine them going up to maybe do a sacrifice and, you know, maybe the, you know, Samuel saying, here, today you're going to have the harp, today you're going to have the flute, today you're going to have this. And all of a sudden you just say, as we're walking, okay, begin to worship God, begin to praise God. And all of a sudden, being these normal people that they were in their abnormal situations now, hear me now, follow me, normal people getting into abnormal situations, all of a sudden the presence of God would fall on them. And it would begin to take them over, and they would begin to prophesy. Now, that word prophesy, don't, don't, don't misunderstand it. The word prophesy simply means to speak God's truth. In other words, when you start getting up and you start saying, God, I love you. You're magnificent. God, you're awesome. God, you're beautiful. You're prophesying. And that's what was happening right here. These prophets, the spirit of God would fall on them, and they would begin to speak God's truth. God, you're awesome. And lost, drunk in the Holy Spirit is what would happen here. Prophesying. Now, trip off this. Back to Sam. Back to Saul. Saul was the son of a rich man. I'm going somewhere with this. Stay with me. Saul was the son of a rich man. He, he didn't grow up thinking that he was going to be king. But he runs into Samuel, and Samuel tells him, hey, look it. God's chosen you to be king. And so, you know, there's a whole, you know, I'm summarizing it, but there's a whole, you know, exchange between the prophet Samuel and this man Saul. And so, you know, what we zoom into here in this story, we see that Saul is being instructed. He's being talked to by Samuel. Samuel is giving him the rundown of what God wants from him. And this year, you got to understand something. God has chosen some of you out of your old situations. He has chosen you out of your old lifestyles. He has chosen you out of what you did last year. And he's, he's made it clear to you that he has a plan and a purpose for your life. And this is exactly what was going on with Saul. Saul was, he thought that he was going to manage his father's household and his, his, his father's flocks probably for the rest of his life or until his father passed away. But God had different plans for Saul. Saul was meant to be king. Saul was meant to be not only king, but God's chosen king. And some of you, God has chosen you. God has chosen you to be a, a, a somebody in his kingdom. God has chosen you for a specific task and a specific ministry. But Samuel tells him, you're going to be king. But before you're king, you got to meet the procession of prophets. Before you become the king, I want you to go and go to this next town, he tells him. And on the way to that town, 
you're going to meet these group of these knucklehead nuts, right, <laughs> that are out there worshiping. And he tells them, he tells them, listen, you're going to be changed. You're never going to be the same after your encounter with these people right here. Hear me now. I'm going somewhere with this. So like Saul, I want to tell you something tonight. For those of you that just got baptized, for those of you who just maybe got recently right with God, even for some of you that have been around a while and this is a fresh year for you, I got something to tell you. Like Saul, there's one more encounter you need to have. There's one more experience that you need to have. You need power in your life tonight. You need power in your life. Power by God's Holy Spirit coming upon you, my friend, and changing your life forever. See, this power has been described before as a mighty rushing wind. It has been described before as tongues of fire. It has been described before as baptism of fire. Hear me now. It has knocked men off horses. It has changed disciples into apostles. It has not only delivered drug addicts, but kept them delivered. I'm going somewhere with this. Hear me now. Listen, Samuel tells Saul, go. And when you meet these nuts, they're going to flip your life upside down. And sure enough, the Bible says that Saul goes, obedient, not knowing what is about to happen. He runs into this procession of prophets. And all of a sudden, the spirit of God hits him. And he becomes drunk in the spirit. And the Bible says that he joins them prophesying, right? Jumps right in, just like I jumped in on that shuttle, right? And God starts just taking complete control. And the Bible says that God changed Saul's heart. If you read 1 Samuel 10, 9, the Bible says God changed it. God changed it forever. I have a question for you tonight. You want to change? You need power in your life. You want to stop smoking cigarettes? You need power in your life. You want to stop putting down your spouse? You need power in your life. You want to, put, you want to fulfill that vision that God has given you? You need power in your life. Listen, you may be called to be the king, but you need power to be that king. Listen, you can't be the king without the encounter. Not once, but daily. You need the encounter of the Holy Spirit. How do I have that encounter, you may ask. I'm glad you asked. I got a few things that may help you. Listen, the first thing I want, just to give you a little idea here. Again, we're going somewhere tonight. The first thing I believe, in order to help you have an encounter with the Holy Spirit, with the Spirit of God, I want you to understand something. We can learn how to take instruction from godly people. You got to understand something. Saul simply took instructions from Samuel. He didn't question it, right? Hear me now. He didn't give his opinion. He didn't say, well, I didn't like the way he said that. He says simply that, you know what? I'm going to listen to that instruction. And what, what we see is that godly people will always point you towards the spirit of God. They won't point you sometimes to a book, right? They won't point you to another counselor. They won't point you to, to 1100 AM, right? They'll point you to the spirit of God. And that's why it's important if you want to encounter with the Holy Spirit that you learn to take instruction from godly people. The second thing is visit and revisit places that God's presence is. See, Saul went to the procession. The procession didn't come to him. I'll say that again. Saul went to the procession. The procession didn't come to him. See, you need to learn how to go to places where God's presence is and revisit those places. Not once, not twice, but over and over. Places like prayer, places like the altar, places like the streets, places where God's presence is. You want an encounter? Revisit those places. Go to those places. Chase those places. Go Again, I say it again. Go to those places. Chase those places. 
Find God's presence. Revisit and visit. The third thing, let your reservations go. Now, we see this Saul, when the Spirit of God gave upon him, the Bible says that Saul jumped in and joined. It didn't say that he started looking around and who's watching. He didn't say, man, you know, I, I can't jump in and start prophesying or dancing. You got to understand something. When the Spirit of God comes upon you, do what the Spirit wants you to do. If the Spirit wants you to dance, then dance. If the Spirit wants you to cry, then cry. If the Spirit wants you to speak, then speak. If the Spirit wants you to sing, then sing. A lot of people are scared of the Spirit, and I understand it. I remember the first time I heard somebody speak in tongues, I thought they were drunk. I'm not going to lie to you. But I want you to tell you, I want to tell you something. That, that presence, you have to be obedient to it. Some of you tonight, you're going to have an encounter with God. You tell me you tonight are exactly what I'm talking about is going to happen to you tonight. And listen, I want to tell you something, that your reservations have no place at this altar. Your reservations have no place this year in your life. These reservations that you've been holding on to last year have no place in your life. Listen, here are some things, and I'm, I'm rounding the bend right now. Here are some things that I think that are worth noting in this story. I want you to know something. God first chose Saul before he changed him. God chose Saul. You know what that means to me? That simply means that God knew Saul's inability to accomplish what he was calling him to do. Just like God knows you. God knows me. God knows who we were when he called us. I don't know about you, but I wasn't a man of God when God called me. I don't know about you, but I didn't have all the, everything together. In fact, my life was a mess when God called me. Even till today, I look at it, and I still wonder what God sees in me. I was just telling somebody earlier today, I don't even, till this day, I don't understand it. And see, God chose Saul. Why? Because it was God's love that drew him to Saul. It was God's love, but it was his inability Hear me now, his inability that drew him to God. And tonight, I want you to understand something. God has chosen you. God has chosen you for a purpose. God has chosen you for a task. God has chosen you for this time. And it's God's love that chose you. But you have to see your inabilities. You have to see that it's okay to be where you're at right now. It's okay to have the problems that you have right now. It's not okay to stay there. It's okay to be there right now. And what it is ultimately is God is developing a relationship. And a relationship ultimately is the platform, right, for an encounter. A relationship is the platform for the encounter. Tonight, God wants to have an encounter with you. Some of you, God's just been prepping you for this. God has been prepping you. God, God got you right. God got you baptized. Now God wants to fill you. Listen, he's building a relationship with you. He's taking you somewhere. He has a plan for your life. This is more. This is just the beginning of what God has for you. The second thing I think is worth noting, and this is my favorite, is the method that God used to, to introduce Saul to his spirit. God didn't choose the elder, the elder statesman, Samuel. He didn't choose the veteran man of God. The Bible says that they, God chose a school of prophets. He chose some inexperienced, hear me now, inexperienced students. Now, I ask myself, why would God do that? I'll tell you why. I believe God chooses people that are willing to push limits. God chooses people that are willing, you know, he chooses people that are willing to try something new, and he places a spirit on them. He places a spirit on people that don't think they know it all. He places a spirit on the, the, the ill-equipped. He places a spirit on this group of students because they didn't understand or they didn't even think of the limits of putting God in a box. They said Samuel told them to worship, they worshiped. 
Samuel told him, go ahead and go do sacrifices. This is how we do it. He started teaching them the presence of God, and they didn't, they didn't have no former training, so they did it the best way they could, right? They showed up, and they marched the best way they could. They had church at a park the best way they could. And what happens is God places a spirit on the people that are willing to do stuff like that. God places a spirit on the ill-equipped. And, you know, that's, you know it's an interesting lesson for us, especially for those of us that, that maybe think we have a handle on the spirit of God, think we know how God moves, think, you know, this is, God's only going to move in this service. God's only going to move at this altar. But once you start getting out there at a cold red, you start getting out there on a lake, you start realizing, man, I didn't know God can move like this. I didn't know God can do this. Wow, this is new to me. I, it reminds me of a lesson, and I love this story. Some of you may have heard it, but it's such a good story, I want to tell it again. <laughs> it's, a, it's a story that my, my little daughter, Maricela, taught me. Now, for those of you that have met my daughter, you know, she, she's, she's crazy, <laughs> right? She has an awesome personality. And, you know, God was dealing with me about a year, year and a half ago to teach my children how to pray. And, you know, I said, okay, well, God, give me an idea. Because my kids don't understand things sometimes when I just tell them. So God gave me an idea. And what I didn't know was God was going to teach me a lesson. I thought I was going to teach her a lesson, but she taught me a lesson. <laughs> so in, in, in my room, in my bedroom, we have the closet doors that have mirrors. And, you know, on those mirrors, you know, I would grab dry erase markers, and I would always leave notes to my wife or write, you know, different you know, reminders on there. And so as I'm looking at it, I say, you know what? Kids love to draw. And I said, you know what, I'm going to bring my kids together. So I brought my kids and I said, okay, look, this is what we're going to do. I want you to pray. And I wanna, we're going we're gonna to bring things before God and ask him for these things. And so what I want you to do is draw it out. Draw whatever your prayer request is. Draw it out on this board and we'll ask God. So sure enough, these kids grab the markers and, man, they're drawing all over the mirror, right? And, you know, I don't know the last time you've seen a five-year-old or a four-year-old draw, but it isn't too legible, right? You know, it's little scribbles. And so I'm watching them draw it. And to be totally honest with you, I had no idea what they were drawing, right? It just looked like scribbles. So being the, being the nice parent, I said, well, why don't you guys tell me what you drew, right? I said, explain it to me a little bit, Right. So, you know, uh, uh, my daughter, Maricela, you know, she goes, well, Dad, she goes, this right here, she goes, what I want to pray for is I want to pray for all the ducks in the world that don't know how to talk and can't speak. I said, okay. <laughs> I said, amen, right? Again, I didn't want to discourage her, right? I'm trying to teach her something, right? I said, okay, good, 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 good. So, you know, at the end of the drawing and at the end of the prayer request, you know, we, ha we pray. And sure enough, she goes, you know, God, I pray for all the ducks that can't talk. And she goes, that they can talk, God. I said, amen, right? <laughs> true story here. You may not believe this, but it's a true story, right? So the next day comes. I forget all about the, the speechless ducks, right? <laughs> and I'm in the room, me and my wife, and the kids are running around. It's a normal day. I just get off work, right? And we're talking. Me and my wife are talking. And all of a sudden, you know, we have our window open, and I kid you not, outside my window, I hear quack, 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 quack. True story, true story, right? So I look at my wife, right? I go, babe. And I go, you hear that? <laughs> and she goes, all right, let me go, right? And sure enough, I hear it again. Quack, 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 quack. 
I said, this is not possible, right? This is not happening right now. So I go and I open up my blinds, and you'll never believe it. There's a group of ducks outside of my house. True story, true story. Quack, 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 quack. Now, I live in South Hayward. I live off Tennyson. It's not by Cory Lakes. It's not by Lake Elizabeth, right? There's a group of ducks flying over my house. Quack, 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 quack. And my daughter jumps up. She jumps on the bed. She goes, Dad, Dad, God heard my prayer. And I said, I don't know who's more excited, her or me. I go, he did, he did, right? <laughs> but God showed me something, right? God showed me something that day. Now, I'm not saying, you know, I'm not preaching false doctrine, right? But God showed me something that day because I walked away and I was tripping, right? I'm not going to lie to you. I was tripping, right? I said, how is that possible? I didn't even know it was ducks. Anyhow, I said, God showed me something. He said, Eric, your daughter prayed, not putting limits on me. When are you going to learn that? When are you going to learn that? When are you going to learn to believe me for, for like your daughter believes me? And I said, man, God, that's true. And, you know, I want to tell you something. You know, a lot of times we have an experience with God, but we don't believe that he can change us. We don't believe that he can really affect our situation. You know, I want to tell you something, man. The spirit of God is real. The spirit of God not just changes situations, he changes people. And some of you have been struggling. Some of you have been going through things, right? Some of you have had a bad year, right? And you're looking for better things to come. I'm here to tell you something. You need to start believing that God's spirit can blow into your life, can blow into your situation, can blow and change things. But you have to believe it. You got to believe it. What you're hearing tonight, Saul heard. And he was hearing it from Samuel. Samuel's telling him, man, when you go by these people, your life's never going to be the same. He's going to blow into your life. He's going to make you a king. He's going to anoint you, but you got to go. And I have a question for you tonight. Do you want God's spirit? Do you really want to run into this procession of prophets tonight? Because God ain't stopped moving. God ain't stopped breathing. God ain't stopped blowing and falling on people's lives. As AJ comes, you know, I think of my own personal life, you know, and I've shared my testimony a million times, but it's so real to me, the spirit of God, because I remember being lost, and I remember being messed up, and I remember that it wasn't in a church where God's spirit came and touched my life. You know, and, and I've shared the story before, you know, I, I had been up for three days. This is a true story. I had been up for three days, high on crystal meth. Messed up, man. My life single-handedly destroyed. Tired, man. I was tired. I was tired. Emotionally, spiritually. I didn't know what to do. And I cried out. I said, God, help me, man. Help me, please. And as soon as, no sooner than the words left my mouth, God instantly touched me sobered me up not not I mean literally sobered me up and that touch I'll never forget it was like a warm oil that came over my life and from that point on man it's just everything desires and just started to change and some of you need that tonight some of you need that kind of experience 
I, I, I've become an addict to the spirit of God, not because I'm special, but because I need it. I need the heavy hand of God in my life. And some of you are going through some things. You need the heavy hand of God in your life. You're, you're just settling for doses. You're settling for, 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 for flirting when God wants to touch you and change you and make you into somebody different. You can leave here different tonight. God told me that. Not so that I can get any credit from this, but you can really leave different tonight because God's spirit is going to blow on you tonight. It's going to blow on you so that you know that it's him. Not us, not a church, not a building. It's him. And he wants something with your life. He's chosen you. He brought you here. He's the one who saved you. And he has a purpose. And that purpose can only be fulfilled when you have power. Some of you are lacking power. Power. Power is what God, that's the word that God kept driving into my mind when I was praying. Power. Power. God wants to give you that tonight so that you don't ever have to return to what you did before you walked in here. I want every head bowed and every eye closed. I'm going to ask the ministers to help me in just a minute because I believe God's spirit is going to blow in this place. God's already here. I can feel the presence of God so strong here. I want to pray for those of you that want the spirit of God. I mean, I really want to pray for you. And I'm going to ask some of the ministers to come help me today because God's going to move. God's going to touch you right where you're at. Even in the worship, Pastor Toby sensed it. That there's things that need to change. There's chains that need to be broken. There's things, there's needs that you have that only God can fix. God's going to do it tonight. God's going to deliver you tonight. God's going to fill you tonight. God's going to baptize you tonight. If that's you, and you say, you know what, Eric? I can use that spirit of God. And I want to be changed. I want to be new. I need power in my life. If that's you, I want you to get out of your seat as everybody stands. And I'm going to ask some of the ministers to come forward. I want you to come to this altar tonight. I want you to come to this altar and I want you to receive power from the Holy Spirit. I'm going to ask some of the ministers to come forward. And you're going to help me pray. And I'm doing this because God instructed me this specific way. And what's going to happen right now, those of you that are on this altar, just sit before the presence of God for a second. Just sit before the presence of God for a second. And what we're going to do right now is I'm going to lead you in a prayer. And this prayer is a prayer of repentance. We're going to make sure you're right tonight. And after that, the Spirit of God is going to come upon you, and you will never be the same. You will never be the same. And when I pray for you, and as these ministers pray for you, the Spirit of God is going to come upon you with power. And I encourage you to accept it. Begin to prophesy. Begin to tell him how wonderful he is. Tell him how beautiful he is. Tell him how magnificent he is. Those of you that this altar, I want you to repeat this prayer after me. So I want you to say, God, I'm tired of doing things my way. I need power. I need power in my life. I ask you to forgive me 
and I ask you to fill me. From this day forward, let my life never be the same. In Jesus' name, amen. I want you to raise your hands, those of you that said that prayer. As the ministers begin to pray, I'm going to pray for you. Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, I pray that your spirit, God, would come upon your people, God. Father, they have come before you not for fancy words, God. They have come before you because they need power, God. They need your spirit. They need your anointing. They need to be baptized today in your Holy Spirit, God. I pray that you would break chains, that you would break bondages, that you would just...